comes. Well, he also did a lot of cocaine. Not that one, but I. I... <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Welcome back. If it's your first time, welcome to it. <laughs> What's going on there, Wustine? Just gonna listen to the tune for a while. Oh, are we talking? Are we, are we, I don't know. It's up to you if you want to. Are, are we starting? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're fucking with the Google. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just providing an out just in case we need to do some research and look up some stuff. Oh, all right. Well, no, man. Yeah. Well, good well, morning. Welcome back from your uh, Thank awesome. You. Uh, I was seeing you were on assignment, so yes, congratulations. I guess that, that's Welcome the idea. Back. Well, well, thank you for filling in and filling in the time. No, it's uh. Much, uh, much appreciation. No uh, problem. This is this is both of our uh, our special thing. Yep. By the way, this is Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Uh, I'm I'm Wu Stein. Just call me Wu. Yeah. I'm G Money. You can call me whatever. <laughs> so it's Wu and whatever. Um, <laughs> and the last time I was here, we were talking about Casablanca. Now uh, we were talking outside beforehand, and we ended up talking about Clue. Yeah. The game of Clue. Yeah. And um, could you remind yeah. me exactly how you used to play Clue? <clears throat> um, yeah, no. Uh, I didn't know it was like a logic game. I didn't know it was like a process of elimination game. I was just um, shoot first and ask questions later, sort of. Now, my dad was a huge Clint Eastwood fan, so, you know, I had the persona of, you know, how do you solve shit? <laughs> with a gun. With a gun. Yeah. You know, good, bad, and the ugly. Or you could uh, hang them with the noose. <laughs> or or Dirty Harry. Nobody's you know. beating anybody with a candelabra like dirty in my... Clint Eastwood's. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, Clint Eastwood had a little bit of a plan going on. You know, there was a plot, and then he, he had a thing going on. He was four, three, four steps ahead, right? Yeah. But my thinking was, at the time, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm like... You know, last time I played Clue, like the actual Clue was like 10 years old or something. But That's why I had to ask you about the fucking weapons. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking, my logic was, who's still alive in this game, uh, and what weapons are still around? Okay. It's more like a shotgun spray sort of thing. Like, I'm not really playing Clue, I'm playing Battleship in the beginning, and like, where do you think those ships are? Uh, and you like never mapped out where the fuck you shot me. 
it's like you're playing Battleship, but you never put the red pieces in. As you can it's tell, like I just, yeah. You just, I guess, or the well, white pieces Well, maybe I in. did. Maybe I was, I was, I think I was supposed to, but I'm like one of those people who like, oh, the paper looks so nice. I don't really want to write on it. <laughs> I'm just going to like really remember who's still alive. Who did I shoot at? And it'd be like somebody like, you shot at me twice already. Like, Maybe it was the wrong weapon. Maybe you, maybe instead of the the monkey wrench, you had the you had the noose this time. This time. <laughs> this time. You're all fucking murderers as far as I'm concerned. Pocket, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, no, I was. Funny. I was. Uh, yeah, oh. Clue wasn't my game. Fuck no. no. What was your board game? Clue. Oh, I was gonna say before. Cluedo. Yeah, yeah we're gonna get to Cluedo. Yeah, yeah. And, and see, first oh, I thought it was French. Clue, like Ludo, Cluedo. Yeah. Oh. I thought yeah. it was also could have been like Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> you know what? I was A thinking that too. That no, no, I'm thinking that too. So, what we were talking about was apparently the reason why it's called Cluedo. I thought it was French. I always knew it was Clue. Uh, yeah. No. I was wrong. Johnny George here was like. You thought it was, no, I could have, that could have been right too, you know, Cluedo. I just I thought it was a French game like, or something. Yeah. I really thought it was a French game. And it, we just translated like it, it to just Clue. It sounds like it, but apparently, so I'm looking up Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, the, <clears throat> it was originally patented by, uh, by an English guy, Anthony yeah. Pratt. Uh, and then he presented it with his wife to the executive at Waddington's, which was a UK gaming company. Game, yeah, yeah, I've heard of Norman Watson. So the executive was the one who purchased it and trademarked the name Cluedo, which was a play on the word clue and the word ludo in Latin, which is I play. Yeah, that's fucking weird. <clears throat> if you're smart enough to get what the fuck Cluedo means, you're way too smart to play Clue. But I think, <laughs> but you're 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 giving you're giving people back in the 40s, yes. back when this. So I mean. Some people learned of of Latin. Well, if he's the one who bought the freaking thing. Well, he knows Latin. I'm sure he kind of has. But I'm saying, I don't know. Yeah, a right. motherfucker who's going to play Clue, the children who play Clue, <laughs> okay, well, here's they the don't yeah. have enough fundamentals in Latin unless they went to Catholic school to know that Cluedo is, to, I play Clue. Okay, so no, here's the thing. That's something where like in, in the UK, I think they've been more palatable. Like because Caldable, here's the thing, yeah. when Parker Brothers got it, were able to license it for US, they just changed it to clue. Yeah, they dumbed it down. Because you know, for we sure. Ameri- we Americans what the we heck don't is learn do? no foreign languages. What the heck is clue do? Yeah, yeah. Clue do. We'd have clue had doo doo jokes, we'd have had all clue the do? shit yeah, jokes. Clue. Just it's clue. Yeah. Ludo. Yeah. Just keep you it know, simple, stupid. Yeah, I think one of the Parker brothers, or you know, I'm just joking because that's not really they're not really the company. Yeah. Yeah, I think just like you and me, like the hell what the fuck is cluedo there you go yeah <laughs> what the fuck is cluedo you're dead right but wow. you're the one who knew about cluedo like did, yeah, you, did well, you see copies of it in the I, u.s yeah. stores well, like I'm cluedo just, i never a, heard of it i've always been like a like a amateur fucking hobbyist and stuff when it comes to like um history of board games yeah board games and stuff like that oh. games in general war yeah, gaming yeah, yeah, yeah. all that kind oh, of stuff sure, i sure. find it interesting i like yeah, yeah. Uh, things like game theory how the act of games and stuff like affect our lives and everyday things and how really like game design affects our real life in a multitude of ways behind the scenes of things oh, dude. and stuff and how you know and oh, especially it's using oh, like advertising dude. and dude. just a, a, a million ways you know for sure oh dude we can go in this whole spiel i have this whole theory about chess well cool but whole chess and yeah but look, look, i just want to just get just let you know but because, where did like, you see cluedo well where? like when i was pl- 
well, you know, somewhere I don't know. in like some book, just, somewhere you were learning about yeah, Western yeah, like, yeah. It's like D and D or some shit. Yeah, I was just be in the hobby shop and reading like you know the history. Hey, what the fuck's history of Clue? Or something, and someone would mention Cluedo was just a French game. I knew it was like from no, the no, no. 40s. It sounds it sounds it sounds like French because you were seeing it. Yeah. Cl- Clouseau. So it was like, like probably it's fucking twelve. Now, now <laughs> I, I want to like, know when uh, the character of the blue. Pink Panther was first made because I don't know. Oh no, that's like the I think it's late fifties, early sixties. I I got the Henry Mancini. Clouseau, I got Jacques, the Henry Mancini record. Uh, it's it's a shot in the dark. I think isn't that the first or no? It's just a Pink Panther and then uh, a shot in the dark. Or some shit like that. I I don't remember. The film Jacques Rousseau makes his first appearance as the inspector in the 1963 film. So it was it there came after the 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 board game for sure. Cluedo. Yeah, he might be named after the board game. <laughs> yeah. You got something? No, no. I'm not saying that you. I'm, that that could be. Well, well, my thinking here is pop culture always seems to influence itself. Oh, for sure. So it's not to say that. That was a primary, like Cluedo and Clouseau. Yeah. Like, but you had to think, okay, I mean, Clue, Clue. Just this, the, the word inside the, the sound, inside the name Clouseau. Yeah. Luke, okay, so, and it was Peter Sellers. It doesn't take a fucking long leap to get from Cluedo to Clouseau. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm but sure, I'm I, sure, the, I'm sure Clouseau would somehow disagree with you and oh, just prefer <laughs> it to be the... the the, the longest, deepest leap as possible. Exactly, um, but it's not. It's in my opinion. I, you know, I don't know how the fuck he came up with it. In fact, Peter Sellers is one of those people. Like I've more, I used to be really interested in, and then kind of fell away from him after a while, and then kind of fell in. So it's like I've seen some of his stuff, but I, I don't have like a full catalog knowledge of Peter Sellers, which is a shame because he's a fucking great actor and a fucking ultimate talented multifaceted i know more of his stuff from the radio and like from albums and shit like than i do be, from- there should be something work because it's something where he could play multiple roles like that's oh, yeah. like dr strange love right yeah. yeah i think there should be like one of these days we'll do a comparison of great of those guys like eddie murphy who can do multiple roles like what he can do coming, in, coming in, to in, america in nutty professor and coming to america and Peter says, like, who are those? Only those, there's only a certain number of actors who can do that. We'll call it like the chameleons or something. <clears throat> who can play multiple roles at the same time. Oh, for sure. Um, um, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Not, the original Nutty Professor. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, I'm coming course, up. Sure. Mike Myers, Austin Powers. Well, I'm, yeah, there you go. I was going to say, uh, what's the one? There's some Jeffrey Irons plays his twin <laughs> in like a David Cronenberg flick. <laughs> That's a dual role, you know. Like I, I, I'm really having to start to scrape the barrel to really think about, you know. That's not like uh, life. Not not comedy. Well, a lot of times it's comedy. It's comedic. It's generally, well, for sure. Because, uh, but I think that's part and part of the whole thing with com. Like one of the big things with comedy was. uh, mistaken roles, mistaken identities. Oh, for sure. So for that's sure. kind of like the whole play on it. I bet you Jackie Chan has a few. He's maybe played a couple roles in or something like that. I bet. Maybe. Over maybe. The years. I mean, there's. I mean, there's a there's a whole thing, whole slew of Hong Kong films. And, yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing we can go into that. I was just, you know, I'm just thinking outside, just thinking but, out loud. But going back to Peter Sellers, yeah. Oh, for uh, sure. Now, oh, before that, I was thinking about like, what was your what was your board game? What was the board game you liked to play? Back in the day, it's so boring. But I really like Monopoly. Monopoly was a, was is king. I think s- yeah. still Monopoly. You, it, there's there's the, something in the Western capitalist inside of us 
Yeah. That that um I was never good at it, but I like I just like There is a strategy. Yeah, I, it's I, it's a really simple object placement game. You know what I mean? Area control. It's game. supposed to be market controlled, but it's uh, like the funny thing is that everything is random. Everything is like based on dice roll. That's it. And so, but then it's kind of like craps. Then so yeah. you have to maximize the ones that are like what, in craps. What number seven? Yeah. Sevens are seven. like seven. So you, you either up, win or you lose on so seven. Seven is the major is the majority of the time. Majority of the yeah. rolls is sevens. Yeah. It, so the idea is that you have more. to maximize and minimize like the rolls that are in between, like sixes and sixes and eights. I mean, that's basically what happens. But you don't really want to learn. Like, like when you play Monopoly, you don't. Re- do you really want to be like, okay, I'm trying to go for sixes and eights and sevens. This is what I'm trying. Oh to fuck no, on. no, no! In Monopoly, your main concern is area control. I need park this place, part of the board. Park place, motherfucker. You want to have all. I'm talking four about boardwalk. Yeah, I'm talking about a hotel and yeah. boardwalk, motherfucker. Yeah. That's all. I'm, that's you all, want all that's the what greens. it's about. You know what? They're really. I'm sure. I'm sure it's fucking easy to find too. But I'm sure somewhere there's like a statistical analysis on which. Uh, squares land most often to dice rolls rolled most often and if i had to guess it's probably the reds and the greens or something like that maybe the purples you know probably the three highest Mm -hmm. so therefore you'd want to fucking control the area in in those areas and fucking right there right is it there yeah Yeah. told you it's gotta be so we're looking up uh the statistical analysis of which space (laughs) this was on this was on uh uh this is a 2013 article in business insider about uh how to how to dominate at monopoly assholes what do you mean assholes this is like no i mean the business insider really guys this is what you're doing have you seen the stuff that business insider like oh yeah i get it on my phone oh let's start with basic probability yeah, I get that part. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, wait. Hmm? Yeah, if mm-hmm. you roll doubles, I think you get to go fucking twice oh, or some shit. Yeah, that's why I've never. Yeah. That's why I've never. I never would Man, do it. This is any like counting. This way. is learning how to count cards. Basically, yeah. This is this I'm is not like doing that much work. Well, I get, well, this is this is also how to like. There's all everything when you talk about like playing games of chance. Yeah, it's about playing statistics and probability. That's it. And I mean that, that's a wonderful world to get into, and I was into that back in the day, like about poker. Where back when like, poker was big, when everybody oh, yeah. was like watching poker on ESPN. You were in it. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I played, I played online I used poker. To play with my friends. I was bad. I, I, I'm actually pretty good at poker. Poker, I like. I like in poker. person or online. Yeah, in person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Online's weird, but uh, you know, I yeah, but um, but uh, in front of people, I love playing poker. Poker's fun. I like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I like any kind of card game like that. I, my my family uh, we play a lot of cards like spades and uh, mm-hmm, my friends mm-hmm. will play euchre and you know fucking euchre. down to war. I still play solitaire by myself. I, even, I have a deck I, of cards. I'll sit in my room and just play solitaire. Like and I'll even play that really weird version that you can get on your computer, <laughs> where you open up all the cards face up and you don't really draw. You're just kind of moving things from. Uh, you're just moving the cards around. Oh, so check this out. Yeah. Think about how to exploit the effects of chance and community chest. So you should buy the properties that chance sends you to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the railroads. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. That makes and sense. And you should buy the properties neighboring those areas. Yeah. yeah. It's hard as fuck to get all four railroads, but if you do, you're, you're in. You're in. Did you, did, were you the guy who was like, I'm going to try to get the railroad? That's one of the key things that you, that you looked to get. When I played, I just I wanted to get a string of, a string of properties. 
You know, you I want just, to get one of the monopolies, right? Yeah, I just want to goddamn give me, give me, uh, like I said, give me whatever. I'll take the goddamn purples because people tend to land on the purple. I noticed like they would miss the, uh, I guess the way the squares are counted out, people would generally either land on either side of go. So, like, <clears throat> I just always used to like to get something on right on the other side of go and try to get all three of them if I can. But once again, it's so hard because it's down to no. dice rolls. It's not like you no, get a community chess card that you hold. See, if you got to hold on to those community chess cards, that would change the dynamic of Monopoly so tough because then you just, all right, let's move back three steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. control the dice, you know, but if you don't got that, you ain't got shit. No, so, yeah, so there's, I mean, a lot of times when people, like people wanted to play the math, oh, Risk was crazy. Stratego was a fun one. I never really played Stratego. Never gotten to Stratego. That's the one I played with my See, because here's the, the thing. Like, I was into, like, playing board games, not for the strategy. Like, this is the guy who's, like, <laughs> shotgun spray effect. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's his method of playing Good. Clue. I'm there, not into, like... There's a game you would love Stratego. so much. This called fucking... Just knock all the, all the tiles down. That's no, yeah, I'm telling you, there's a game you love so much. It's called fucking uh, Galaxy Truckers. No, but then I, I became more of an interested like in a strategy. Yeah, I don't like the math. I, think, I, li- I the numbers are there. Yeah, I like the strategy. Yeah, you know. So well, let me tell you about Galaxy Truckers. It's kind of like, in fact, you can look it up. It's cool. Like Galaxy Truckers. Okay, so what you do is basically there's like you you you're racing your buddy or however many people you have on your little mission, right? Like you're like space truckers, right? So you're trying to get from, uh, you know, picking up bullshit from derelict trucks or whatever, or planets or whatever, and taking it to your load spot. All right, and you're racing whoever you're playing against. But the idea is you build this fucking ship. <laughs> that's just you. You and your buddy have a uh, like an egg timer or whatever, a minute timer, and you turn it over and you just start grabbing this pile for um for little pieces to build your ship. Okay. And then once once the game's underway, pieces of asteroid and all kinds of shit oh, just no. comes at oh, your ship, real? breaking parts off. Your oh, little damn. guys just go this flying. Is like, in. This is like real galaxy truckers. Yeah, this yeah, like yeah, yeah. And going off road. Yeah, you're really trying to just hope you make it to the end of the board. Let alone wow, like that. That's an intense. That's an intense board game. Way be way ahead of its time. Yeah, because it's like you really want. This is really how truckers do it. This yeah. is how we really That's like. what I thought you'd like the game. You go to a juice this was, a fucking game board shop nowadays. By, this was developed by... It's an old game. But developed by in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Germans... They had they had, they had the trucking trucking industry was pretty badass in the Czech Republic, apparently. <laughs> I know it's something they, that they had to actually, you know, develop a, a game about. Well, you should see the fucking... The, the modern day game board game industry is a very advanced, very oh, no, oh, amazing was so, thing. Of course. Oh, but Galaxy Germany, Shark- of course, because they're the ones who make that particular award for yeah. the best board game. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, well, because they really... Like, the English... You could well, you could say whatever, really, but you could, you could almost say Indian people really like invented like the what you could consider like a board game. Okay, but so they were like it goes into the chess thing. Okay, so oh yeah, here you go. Well, they Shatranj or Shataranga was uh, oh Shataranga was the it was the uh, the version in the Indus Valley. Okay, um, and then it moved west. Well, I mean, it moved east and it became there's variants. You know, Chinese chess has has its variants, okay. um, and then it later and then kind of an offshoot. There was the game Go. I've heard of Go for and sure. So that or Shogi, which became something in Japan. That's that's their kind of version of the board game. Okay. Um, 
So Chinese chess is different because if you so for example for people who are familiar with chess at least yeah. of the the board itself the chess board uh, Western chess they play in the spaces whereas in Chinese chess they play on the lines. On yeah, the, on the I've heard of that. Yeah, I, that's why I never I never. So understand it's a different that. game. They also have what well, the the, the there's uh, there's different moves. The way that the 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 pieces move is different. Also, the Chinese chess has the cannon. Okay. <clears throat> Well, Which is not a piece does? in Western chess, in European chess. For sure, it's not. I don't even think they had a cannon for like another fucking two centuries. <laughs> no, we, no, no, no. We we Chinese we Chinese had the cannon. We had gunpowder. Yeah, we I just know. didn't use it to actually kill people. <laughs> yeah, we did it to make fireworks. Okay, okay, fireworks. We did it to make people happy. We didn't use gunpowder to like, hey, let's shoot it at people. I, I have a feeling a couple of them early fucking people that had that gunpowder was like. It's too dangerous, motherfucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. They blew some shit up, and they were like, "Okay." Confucius well, we say know this bad shit. This <laughs> Confucius shit. Confucius say this should cray. <laughs> exactly. This is not like. This is like. What does the emperor say? Emperor is like. Does it kill people? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Put it away. Yeah. That's weird. Put it away. Yeah. Like. That's what we. Try but don't to- you want to blow up people? We put tried to do that the, with the put that thing away. When Whoa. when uh, when airplanes came into a thing, we had a whole goddamn to do about what is considered like a proper use of air fucking war stuff. Airspace. You know what I mean? Well, there was a whole thing Civilian about casualties and all that shit. Who is actually a combatant? That's why when you hear people say oh, no. the home front. It's not the home homeland. Front. The home front makes it sound like we're like on the front lines. Well, that was that was okay. So I saw a documentary on on, on the idea. I think it was started in World War One. The whole idea of the home front. Yeah. Because there was it was you yeah. know you had to be in, all in. You had yeah. you can't be like on the sidelines. You had to be supporting the war. They considered the fact that people were making munitions for the soldiers to be considered now part of the war front. That's sure. bullshit. <laughs> They're well, not very, fighting still, the it war. It was a very glorified, very it's bullshit. Very glorified, romanticized ver- idea of war. Yeah, it's you bullshit. Not, then, then the soldiers came back. Yeah. Well, the like, ones yeah. that made it. Yeah, yeah. We talked yeah. about the. Guy oh yeah, dude. we talked about World War One. Yeah. We talked about uh, yeah. yeah. Look up, look up, hardcore history podcast. Yeah, Dan Carlin. Um, Check it out. He has a great voice for history. Oh, yeah. And he has this kind of gravelly voice. You should he just gets his, you um, intense about, do you have any idea the number of books I've read in order to get this to you? <laughs> I've read so much firsthand source documents, it would not even, it would blow your mind. Let me tell you something funny about Dan Carlin. I had seen, I think, one of the movies his mother was in. Uh, before I knew who he was, which is kind of interesting. Really? Yeah, his really? mother was like an actress in Hollywood for a while. That's before they moved up to uh, Portland or whatever, or Oregon somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> it's just no weird. relation to George. No, not at no, all. Exactly. No, exactly. No, no, <laughs> no. His um, George's oh, mother is not an Carlin actress. is the son of Academy Award nominated actress. Yeah, there you go, Lynn Carlin. The Lynn Carlin. That's her name. I couldn't think of it. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress mm-hmm. uh, for her role in uh, 1968 movie Faces. There you go. That's the It's the John Cassavetes movie. What? It's John Cassavetes' like, second movie. Oh, he did yeah, Shadows gonna, gonna, and then gonna, he did we're Faces. Gonna, like, we're testing. We're going to test George's trivia about I know. I can know about John Cassavetes. It was written and directed by John Cassavetes. Yeah. 
It's like 1962 or something, and it's right after 68, he did... 68. 68? Okay, because I know he did Shadows first, because I used to have that on DVD at my store and would rent the shit out of it. And then, um, <clears throat> like, by the time he did his second movie, like, and I think that's Faces, I'm pretty damn sure. And that's the one that really got, really put his name on the map, like, as far as like, a young American directors, because he was an actor like just jobbing Hollywood gigs, which is really an interesting subplot of Rosemary's Baby that he they're mirroring exactly what he wants to do with his life, jobbing these job jobs while like pursuing his art at the end of the day. And that's exactly what he does. This is how you get your Gina Rowlands, your Peter Falks, you get your um oh God, any of those any of that ragtag group of fucking New York just actors. Roll here, man. Well, I know, like I know. You're throwing names out of a hat. What yeah, the hell no, are you I, doing? I know these people. <laughs> I just uh, can't think of all their names. Like, God, there's Faces, guy. again, as you as you correctly stated, was the second film to be both directed and financed by Cassavetes. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. One of them won something somewhere. But that's like how he got his fucking reputation, really, is off the, off of those two movies. And then, like, like a, fuck, let me say, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Uh, Gloria. My mother loved Gloria when I was young, and uh, I had never seen it before. But um, it starts off with this really fucking violent. Oh, go to the yeah. Oh, I am. Um, but yeah, Gloria was one of those movies that uh, my mother loved when I was growing up, and uh, I had never really watched it. I'd see it sit on the shelf, and uh, one day I popped it in, ended up being the first John Cassavetes movie I saw. It's really fucking good. It starts off with this horrific fucking uh, Buck Henry scene and um, just kind of hits the gas from there. It just, um, what, what, I guess the most important thing to say about John Cassavetes is like, um, Wait, is he it really. Cassavetes or Cassavetes? I say it either way. I think he's, they pronounce it like his son. I think they pronounce it Cassavetes. Cassavetes. Yeah, because they're Italian. No, Greek. Or Greek, or yeah, some Greek. shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, he really Greeks. liked to show, like, he was the improv dude. Like, when people would show up, they would improv the script and stuff before they'd do anything. And then once they got on set, they'd play it really fucking loose. There'd be, like, no scripts or real thin fucking outlines. And, uh, they, you know, something Larry David would end up using 30, 40 fucking years later on Curb Your Enthusiasm and stuff. And, um, but he liked the performances he got out of it. Ben Gazzara, that's the name I couldn't think of. He was, he's in a bunch of them. And uh, they're just these kind of lowlifes out of New York. Well, they're not lowlifes, but, you know, they're just, they're playing real people, Jim. And, 1970, uh, Cassavetes. Cassavetes, you got to say it with like a New York accent. Yeah, you can right? say Cassavetes. That's what most people say. He directed and acted in Husbands with actors Peter Falk yeah. and Ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara. No. Yeah. So apparently his filmmaking style. Handheld. Um, Close I was up. never interested in working with actors who were more concerned with their images. Um, yeah, that's how he talked. Then with that of the characters whom they were portraying, which is why he rarely act as a note. Um, they all became- put actors in positions where they make asses of themselves without feeling they're revealing things that will eventually be used against them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, they're like mellow stuff. They're all peop- they're people stories. It's, you know, even when they're like kind of action-y and shit, they're basically just human stories. Which basically all goddamn well, stories well, are. I mean, is I think that's that's one of the things when I was um, in my doing my master's degree in literature, and well, that's one of the things when we we're learning about um, about ethnic studies and cultural studies. That was the whole thing with authenticity. 
Like oh, you got to be like genuine. That's really that's a that's that's hard for some people. But that's a, but that's a thing with. Uh, isn't that technically something that you, you you have to have? I mean, what why yes. is it? What is it so important nowadays that we're thinking like was authenticity is so important nowadays? Well, it is to me, but it's not to a lot of people. Some mm. people don't give a shit, you know. Mm. <laughs> if capitalism gave a shit about authenticity, it wouldn't be what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, what we're getting back. Oh, okay. So you were talking about way, way, way back. You're talking about this thing about how how board games or gaming yeah. somehow reflects. Um, oh, I was just talking about there's so many instances of like people who study games. So I want to talk about this whole thing about chess. Okay, there you go. So chess. So yeah, Chinese chess. That yeah. Like so, India. We would do it on the moved, lines. Moved east, it became okay. Chinese chess. Moved west in Persia, Chaturanga became Shatranj. Okay. And then in the west, and then the Crusades, it kind of became. I mean, so much of it. Uh, a lot of it was actually saved up. Um, in more Spain too, mm-hmm. um, so more Spain has always had that kind of we they they've had this in Catalonia in Catalonia has always had a big tradition of chess, okay. and so that became that's um, so chess beca- that's that's uh, I mean I don't want to I forget the the reason why it became known as chess, but nevertheless, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's it's been around since the beginning of Western modern Western history. Yeah. And so it's and it's a game of opposition. It's a game of victory. It's a game of winning. It's, it's a game. Stra- strategy. Yeah. So it's a game of strategy and is always for me it was if I looking back at it, at least the the from the history of the games that I've read and I've read chess books. Okay. That's not really a, a good thing to say. Like that I've actually <laughs> Because I'm not like an avid chess player, I I I yeah, like. Yeah, but you're chess, interested but, in it. Yeah, so I was like interested in the history of it. <laughs> you didn't read so, any fucking thing. But you end up having to like. <laughs> I'm not I end a fan up of slavery, but I read about it. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> golf clap. That was a golf clap. <laughs> not a fan of slavery. Yeah, saying. yeah, it's true. I'm not a fan of the Cultural Revolution, but yeah, yes. you know, it was there. It happened. Yeah. It happened. I'm just saying, you don't have to be a fan of. No, so my thinking earth. was. Uh, in history of chess, people ended up playing the the style, the 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 uh, the the, the, the um, I guess the predominant dominating style of play, uh, at least from as far back as I as you could say there was some sort of a strategy behind it because people used to play like how I play Clue. You just move the pieces. Yeah, for and you a see while. What happens? Yeah. yeah. Uh, at some point, people ended up playing more to the point where you know you don't really have to move all the pieces at once or like. Yeah. But there are certain things you have to do. Um, not until that wasn't really, I guess, really uh, codified. I guess there weren't sure. sort of like actual under, a study of the strategy down. until yeah. uh, the 19th century. Wow, I could see and that. So I think, but what my thinking was, uh, just looking at the view of European chess, mm-hmm. that it's reflective. The gameplay was reflective of how people viewed war. Oh yeah, for sure. And how people viewed um, how you're supposed to actually deal. With, like, what are the rules of war? Right. Yeah, for sure. So in the 19th century, in back when people were like still like swashbuckling, yeah, still like charged forward. This was the days of the gambits. Yeah. Where you sacrificed your pieces for yeah. the advantage, and you're like, I don't give a shit about defense. It's all about who who gets to there first. Yeah. Then there's this guy in Germany, Wilhelm Steinitz. This guy who died poor. This guy basically he 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 spent his days in coffee houses playing playing chess games for money, 
You know, he, yeah. he basically, um, and he, he had a bit of a temper. Um, he took chess way too seriously. But then, if he didn't have, if he didn't take it too seriously, he wouldn't have been able to make the strategies that he did. He thought, you know, why do I? Why don't I just try to control the center? Yeah. Make an area control game. And what happened? So that's that became something where, um, if you think about it, it became um, in the change of 19th century into the 20th century. People instead of actually just fighting head on, they tried to actually occupy stuff. They tried to actually like instead of actually like colonialism. Yeah. I'm going to actually control things. Yeah. I'm trying to occupy things. Harder than it looks. And, and have it <laughs> occupy it with forces. Occupying with forces. Yeah. And you have backup. You're not going to bring out the heavy guns until they're necessary. Until yeah. they're fully... Until the king is protected. Yeah. Right? Um, it didn't really become... And it, there was a, a shift in... So there was something where... Um, basic strategy is about space. Controlling space. There's only so many spots to control. Um, which pieces? Develop your pieces. Bring them out. Mm-hmm. Like... You want it to actually be advanced in your technology. You want to have the best weapons. Yeah. Um, you want to be prepared because if you were all, yeah. if you hadn't had, if you didn't have a, have your setup, you're going, you're going to get. So in that's terms the of hard how, part about that's the hardest part about chess to me. And is so what the mental hap- game yeah. you're playing with the other yeah. person, which is basically thinking, how many steps ahead can I think? But what happened was in the turn, we get into World War One. Yeah. And then we get into. Uh, the alien of the aliens wars. Trench warfare. And we get into this whole thing with tanks and stuff. Yeah. And suddenly the whole strategy of chess changes. Oh, okay. Instead of actually have like you sometimes you think about it, I don't know, like you know, like pawns you can move them two spaces. The first move you can move them two spaces into the center. Yeah. Some people were like, No, I don't want I don't want my pawns there. Yeah. Because they're easy targets. Yeah. Why don't I keep step back, build a wall, just develop slowly and have you come at me? Okay. And this I, was, I see what you're saying. And this was actually developed by Russian players. I didn't know that. that so that wasn't really a thing this became, until after World War II. This became something known as the hyper-modern school. Gotcha. See, that's yeah, interesting. Big thing, like, people were talking about, like, modernism. Yeah. That was big back in the that's 20th part century. Of it, huh? Yeah, so hyper-modern was part... Everybody in Europe was all about the modern. Yeah, modern. Well, like, yeah, what is like modern? how they always say like everything now is post this, post that, post post modern. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the hyper modern was like instead of actually like occupying spaces with pawns, I'll just control them from far off. Gotcha. And that was kind of like I'm just gonna hold my hold my position like trench warfare. Yeah. And let you come at me, which is what the which is what and then every, let you get shot the fuck down. Yeah. Which yeah. is the mistake that every country has ever tried to do when they invade Russia or anywhere. Russia's like, Russia's like Twitter. Come at me, come at me, bro. I got winter. I have Russian winters. What do you have? And like a zillion damn people just ready to fucking die for bullshit. We got land. We can just burn all yeah. this stuff. We have land, okay? We got land. We have days. land. Hey, and since you guys, what are do you have? Fucking up the environment. We'll have plenty. You think Siberia is shit? Dude, there's gonna so be much. Nice in about I swear to God, there's got to be so much stuff in Siberia. I'm telling you, I don't even. I don't even want to know. There's got to be stuff going on in Siberia. <laughs> you will find fucking Nessie up there. <laughs> why would find Nessie Captain be America. in Siberia? Why would Nessie be there of all why, places? Why wouldn't they find Captain America in the ice? <laughs> Captain America? Yeah, that's how. He, uh, that's how they. Um, what do you mean they captured Captain America? No, no. Yeah. Um, when when in his origin story. Like, he goes, him and Bucky are in this fucking f- 
fight them all. This is the 1960s. Oh, okay. 1960s Captain America. Because he, 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 he had it. Where he had a sidekick. Yeah, that's why Bucky, I guess, is the Winter Soldier now. But oh. Bucky was his partner when they were fighting World War Two, And then they went down. Bucky, like, at the time, died. And then um, they explained it as Captain America's fucking ship goes, like, plunging into the icy depths. And somehow he gets frozen into a block of ice. Cut to the Avengers 4. <laughs> and somewhere around there, they go, uh, the Avengers with the love, Hulk still involved goes out. Gotta think, gotta think the writers, is like the illustrators like, I'm tired of freaking writing for Captain America. No, 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 I'll tell you part of it. I'm tired of writing for Captain America. There's too much of this bullshit with the con- I'm just gonna like freeze him for two weeks. Two years. No, no, I'm freeze like him for two years. years. It was like, it was No, no, but in terms like, of like the issues. Yeah, I'm talking about the issues. I'm t- the issues, Captain America went down and like. They basically 19- just tabled him. They tabled him until they. In, yeah. In, they, in, well, when the comics industry kind of went down for a while, they just kind of washed their hands of, his, of the shit. But then. Um, like the Human Torch, who they brought back unceremoniously, sort of, exactly like 20 years after his initial publication, there, like if they didn't bring back Captain America and Human Torch, they would have lost the rights to him because they wouldn't have had copyright over those oh, characters anymore. Oh, because they just basically just didn't use them. Yeah, they were in mothballs. Why? Why, why did people didn't like those characters? Yeah, they just kind of died off after the war fever and all that bullshit. Bah, 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 bah. Human Torch. What's wrong with the Human Torch? Flamed out. So, no. All right. Oh. <laughs> all right. Oh. So, so the human oh torch, man, I got I got to take a moment with that one. That was awful. Oh. Yeah. Well, he did, and but regardless of it, no, but no, what, people people didn't like the Human Torch. Yeah. Kind of liked the Human Torch. Yeah. Well, he wasn't in the Fantastic Four. He was an android monster, basically created by Science Man. Oh. You know what I mean? Well. So yeah, well, he's not the Human that's Torch. That's a little you're, bit you're different. Thinking of Johnny Storm. That's a little bit different then. Exactly. So, I don't like, want an android monster. So these these characters are different, and they brought back Steve Rogers. In part of the same thing, it's cat well because Jack Kirby was working for Marvel and Stan Lee was still fucking plugging away at Marvel and they just said, Well fuck it, let's bring back the captain who was like one of their flagship number one characters yeah. and they just I didn't even know that they, they had just, tabled him. I, I didn't yeah, I, I thought he was always around. Fried chicken for fucking like a decade, if not more. But it's Captain America. Yeah, yeah. He was frozen a block of ice oh and then like Ant Man and shit thaws him out. <laughs> And then he's like, and then he finds out fucking Bucky's dead. It's really sad. It's a really great. It's a classic issue of comicdom. Oh. Is um, in fact, if you pull up the cover, even like the cover's been aped and shit. Of, I think it's the Avengers number four or five, and it's like the Captain Re- Captain America returns, and he comes running at the motherfucking uh, the <laughs> the viewer. Let's say the camera, the viewer, and um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I used to know. There it is. Bing. Oh, Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Avengers 4. Boom! Nailed it, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't fucking looked at that in ages. But, yeah. That's where he gets frozen out. Or thought in out. the Human Torch story titled Captain America and Marvel Comics Strange Tales number 114, writer-editor Stan Lee and artist and co-plotter Jack Kirby, again, this is all from Wikipedia, depicted the brash young Fantastic Four member Johnny Storm. Yeah. The Human Torch. In an exhibition performance with... Captain America, described as a legendary World War II and 1950s superhero yeah. who has returned after many years of yeah. apparent re- retirement. They didn't know where he was. He disappeared. So they just said he was frozen on a block of ice. 
and they just thaw him out. The 18-page story ends with this Captain America revealed as an imposter. No. Oh, well, some fake one or something's in there, but they thaw the real one out of the <laughs> That was eye. Strange Tales number 114. Captain America was then formally reintroduced in the Avengers number 4. There you go. Which explained that in the final days of World War II, he had fallen from an experimental drone plane into the North Atlantic Ocean and spent decades frozen in a block of ice. Right, so he would have been in a state of suspended like animation, or something instead of rushing. But it's the same same theory. <laughs> drone plane. Yeah. What the hell is he doing in a drone plane? What the hell were we doing fucking... What the hell did we do having drones back then, motherfucker? Well, they they were just high-flying planes. We we had drones back then, okay? (laughs) Not not the kind of drones you're talking about. But we had... They were just high flyers. They flew exceptionally high, like, out of radar signal. (laughs) So, like, like, um, that's like when the Russians got really fucking mad at us, like, in a... Oh, God, let's say 59 or something like when the U.S. was taking all these U-2 photographs. Yes. Of, of the, we will bury you, like Khrushchev shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was flying yeah, one of those yeah, experimental yeah. drone planes. Yeah, okay. experimental <laughs> drone, drone planes. Yeah, 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 but it's not, it, he was flying it. It's not, it wasn't, drone is in like, um, is in, what the fuck, they, whatever, remote controlled aircraft. It was just a uh, drone is in like, I don't know, drone. <laughs> but you have to say it's like the whole idea of a drone thing is not necessarily a new thing. No. 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 Fuck no. Wait, wait. Rogers, Rogers died again, and then he comes back from oh, the he dead. Dies a bunch. This guy, this guy is like Superman. Oh, for sure. He well, is, except he is, no, he is Superman. No, Superman no? fucking. When he supposedly died, like the first time back when I was really kind of into comics, um, that was like the first time he actually had like died, died. Like, he had never been, like, actually killed before. Did, but, were you hurt? Were you, were like, emotionally wrecked? <laughs> no, it was fine. Okay. But I do have a... Here's a weird thing. Our country is fucked up, sort of, in a way, with this stuff. Like, they prefer super, Batman to Superman and, like, do Star Wars to Star Trek. I do. Yeah. And they're, like... The, the two I'm talking about, like, Batman and Star Wars are, like, just daddy issue films. That really don't talk Star about Wars. shit. Yeah, they kind of talk about like, hey man, like it's you an know, epic. Things, yeah, basically, took it from myth. The, the, it's took like, it from myth, man. <laughs> There's a lot of myth, mythical and epical themes. Uh, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, but you talking about like? Okay. I'm talking about the fucking strip it to the bare bones. It's about but hey you, man, you, believe you in movies your, versus <laughs> TV series that could flush out characters and plot lines over years. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, oh, as if Star Wars had no time to write books. <laughs> we did, and then Disney bought the rights, and then scrapped the whole expanded universe. What so I'm we're saying stuck with, is, uh, you know, but then have. Superman. It, it, okay, but wait, and then Star Wars. Okay, we can get into this. Oh, yeah, yeah, but let me tell you, yeah, I'm, just, I'm contrasting the two real quick. Okay, okay. And the fact that these are the number one things right now out of the two would be Star Wars and Batman, not Star Trek and Superman. Those two, the I, the latter two, are about optimism. And what you can do in the future. The fucking former two are two, like, nihilistic, self-indulgent, like, like capitalist-ass movies, really, in the Batman worst fucking way. Yeah, I think maybe that's the zeitgeist. Maybe that's the idea. Where it's, 
where we used to believe were Captain America, Superman. Uh, they used to be the, our, those models. They used to be the role models. Optimism. Optimism. Yeah. But now we've become more cynical about it. Like, how optimistic are we talking about? There's no... What, what, like. You know, See? Financial crisis. That's a fucking... That's War. a shit, dangerous-ass way to fucking... To, to evaluate life. You know what I mean? It's a dangerous-ass way to do it. Because, like... But here's the thing: we can't be too optimistic. That's like yeah. But if you it, live without hope, it's too romanticized. Yeah, but the ways that these fucking assholes like Batman deal with the with the situation are garbage. He's got issues. Okay. Yeah. He's got issues. Yeah. So does Luke. Su- yeah, Superman does had to have somebody who it's all that dirty hairy bullshit. You, you thought I was talking about daddy issues? Okay, Superman. His his parents. He's abandoned. Much, he's an orphan. Yes. So he's talking about daddy issues. That's right there. But here's the thing: he is raised by good people. Yeah. He has this core va- set of va- of ethics where he's not human. Yeah. He's, he's exactly. not human. Yeah, he's, he's not trying one to of be us. better than us. It's an inspiration to be better. I would rather right? look up to if I'm going head to head with two fictional dickheads. I would rather go for the one who is like who inspires a better us than some, like, cold shithead with a pistol or whatever the fuck. You who, want somebody who, I'd who, rather have a, a you want somebody than a that you can, that, that vigilante. inspires you rather than someone that you can identify with. No, than a vigilante. I don't identify with vigilantes. No, no, no I'm not talking <laughs> talking about Superman. Not a vigilante. Too. He goes outside the law. Not really. Yeah, he does. Not really. Yes, he does. What are you, you look at the like property, property damage? damage? Look at the property damage. Not that bullshit. Go fuck yourself. If you're gonna compare like the world and bending Batman, and property Batman, damage, Batman, Batman has the has the in, un, has the informal signatory has the informal uh, or imprimatur of the Gotham Police Department. Yeah, because he owns the sign. Because he owns Batman. the police. It's the worst corrupt shit ever. Oh, okay. But I'm just saying, Batman is the anti-hero. No, he's not even, he's barely a hero. <laughs> and I like Batman. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying when it comes to, comes to like, I don't I think, find I, don't it think fascinating. I think there's more of a cynical, cynical mode of thinking about superheroes. They're not all idealistic and no. goody two shoes. No. And I think in a certain way, fewer people nowadays are willing to identify with the goody two shoes because that's just not real. Nobody. There's so many people. I, well, I think in one way, maybe, maybe I take that back. I just think it's harder to believe in the possibility of somebody like a Batman, of Superman, or like a Ned Flanders, somebody who is like really genuinely good-hearted. Like I've seen, I, yeah. I would see that. I, I saw somebody like that. Like I went yeah, to high school with that guy. They're all over the place, and it it just it <laughs> amazes you. Yeah. I'm amazed by people who are essentially decent human beings. Yes, and you're like. What? That should be the standard. But you don't <laughs> want to read comic books about that. That's not exciting. They're fun. They're cool people. They're 75 fucking years plus. <laughs> Somebody's just, reading Okay, here, here's a say. Here's what I got I to say. Um, I'm just saying, I find it fascinating as a, as a nation... We've gone from optimism to this, like, and I think, and I think part of it is just branding and shit, hey, because people yeah. like that fucking bullshit that you're talking about. But oh, it's still at the same everybody, time. Everybody, everybody loves the song. I believe I can fly. Nope. <laughs> here, this guy. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I hate you're that the guy, song. You're the guy who's like Superman. I root for Superman. And I don't like, like that song. It's a terrible song. 
It is a terrible song. Yeah. But it was supposed to be like everybody was super inspired by it. You know, okay, okay. Some people are definitely. Some people, it was like a great inspirational people song. People like it. People forget it was written by R. Kelly. I don't. People, people know what about R. Kelly. R. Kelly yes. is not necessarily like a role model. Is he a guy that you want your, you know, fifteen-year-old daughter. daughter around? No, maybe not. No, not okay? at all. Okay, okay. But here's the thing: there's a difference between the message and the messenger. Yeah, but I mean, you can say the same shit about Bill Cosby, right? Yeah. I wouldn't want to leave my fifteen-year-old well, daughter the thing around. Now, no, okay, okay. That's a good question. Are you willing to even watch old specials, Bill Cosby? <laughs> I watch a Cosby show all the time. I don't give a fuck. I watch. I'll, I'll watch maybe like because what you know. That, that's an interesting thing because what you know about him now. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: he'd been doing that for years. Yeah, like the entire his entire career, he'd been doing that. Yeah, right. It was Can echoed you, around in the. Do black you, community. Are you willing to watch his specials? Like, yeah. Here's the thing: like I, I, that that shit had been talked about in black circles, <laughs> like hinted at and shit, and it been in like Jet magazine. For years, rumors that he'd been doing yes. that. Yes. Like, so it's so. Have I done it? Yeah. Do I continue to do it? Not any. I know the jokes. I've seen the shit. Yeah. So I don't need to. But if the fucking Cosby shows, I don't watch it. I don't care. It, it, you could separate that the, the yeah. content from the actor. Yeah, like I like uh, I love Rosemary's Baby. It's maybe my certainly my favorite horror film. Mm. I. Is there a nice word to say about Roman Polanski? He's a great fucking director. That's about it. See, I know there are people who, yeah, I mean... I, yeah. I, my morals don't cloud my... It's if the motherfuckers... aesthetic, art, with like art, and how, how like your morals and stuff like that. There's yeah. Like, there's... I don't know. It's not like... Um, I don't know. I was trying to think of one that would like... Like okay, so, apply to me personally, you know what I mean? So like for something like so for me, I guess it was some of the stuff that I I used to read back in my master's degree. I used to read a lot of philosophy. Okay. And one of the, one of the key philosophers I I would read uh, was Martin Heidegger. Mm-hmm. And one of the big problems him. that people have about Martin Heidegger is that he was a card carrying Nazi. There you go. Okay, this was the, that's a problem. That's a problem for a lot of people. That's an issue. That's an issue. That's a Most major people, issue. okay, if you are familiar with philosophy in a any little. sort of continental philosophy, 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 like you've taken classes in philosophy, yeah. you might have heard of Heidegger. I've certainly and heard he of Heidegger. And he is one Kant of, and... for people who know philosophy, he is a giant yeah. of philosophy. You cannot is that actually. The Heidegger's principle. Like <laughs> Heidegger, that's the Schrodinger's. But Schrodinger's principle. Schrodinger's principle. But or here's Schrodinger's the thing like, cat. in terms of how. How people deal with philosophy, like struggling with, <laughs> um, so like great directors, you st- you struggle yeah. with like dealing with how great directors have done it, like Scorsese and Tarantino, yeah. like you still have to deal with them, like Roman Polanski. Okay? Yeah. So the thing is that Polanski, great director. Yeah. People try to emulate him all the time. Yeah. But they have to struggle with the question of, yeah, he's not really the best guy in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing with Martin Heidegger is. People know he had a Nazi heritage. Yeah. He never spoke out against what the fuck happened with the Holocaust. <laughs> okay. Um, this is something that I've always been interested in. Like, for example, so when I started reading about Heidegger and uh, I was writing my um, – and I'm reading this this poet, this poet called Paul Ceylon. Uh, he was born in Romania. He's a Jewish poet. Wrote He was a survivor of the Holocaust, Jewish, Romanian Jew, and he wrote in German. Okay. So you write poetry in the language of the people who killed your family. 
Yeah. So this is the crazy thing. I was reading his biography. He had gotten into a fight with his parents and ran away for that night. Mm-hmm. That night, the Germans, the, the troops came for his parents, and he came back home to find them gone. And he was always haunted by the fact that he could never, like, make up make make up with his parents because they were gone after he had that that i mean the, the, when i read that i'm like damn that sucks <laughs> hey uh, man it's 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 uh ironic but, here's the, but so here's the thing like he had he was interested paul Ceylon was interested in philosophy and he was a huge fan of heidegger gotcha heidegger was actually a huge fan of poetry and was a fan of paul Ceylon. now not people understand this, and people, many people technically are diffi- find it difficult to comprehend that somebody, a Nazi like Martin Heidegger and a Jew- Jewish poet like Paul Ceylon could admire each other's work. I can see that. I mean, if you, humanity, that's what could, what's great about things like stand-up or whatever. It, you know, it's just like, if you can find the humanity in another person... If it's funny, you can make it funny. Yeah, if it's funny, or if you can find the it. humanity, if you can empathize... Now, the problem was, okay, it's tough for people, like, um, so for example, when I was writing my thesis, my, one of my thesis advisors was Jewish. Okay. And my thesis was ri- writing about these two literary critics. Okay. Um, one was Bruden Bal, who was a, a French guy, and Paul Demont, or Paul Demain, okay. uh, who was a guy from Belgium. Now, before Paul Demain, Paul Demont became big, he was a big guy from Yale. Before he became big, when he was in World War II in Nazi-occupied Belgium, he ended up being the editor-in-chief of some of these articles okay. that were um, anti-Semitic. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, those came out after his death. Those came out like that he became, the, he was an author. Because okay. there was a PhD student who was doing, who was writing his thesis on the guy. And yeah. And was like, I'm going to look. What's all this shit? Yeah, what's all this stuff? <laughs> um, and so that became this big furor. F U R O R. Okay, furor. 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 No, 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 no connection with furor. Furor. Oh, oh furor, not now. Because we're talking furor. about the 40s. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Nazi <laughs> occupied funny. Belgium. That's funny. I know. And furor instead of furor. But so this is there's something of a furor in the in the literary. You know that. You know it's furor. Like F U R O R. Yeah, it's like I I just didn't want to differentiate it from der Führer. Yeah, you you did. Yeah. But you turned it into a whole nother word, my man. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, okay? Yeah. I didn't want I didn't want any to, Yeah, I get somehow it. I just ended up being more like yeah, more, okay. No, you doubling know down on this Semitism. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like so when people found out about these papers in the eighties, like yeah. people just stopped Got reading him. Mad, people yeah. stopped reading him. Yeah. Now the funny thing was many people who came to his defense that he was dead by this time. Yeah. People who came to his defense were many of his colleagues from Yale who were Jewish. Of course. Because I knew the Jewish man. colleagues. It was like, I know the guy. I'm yeah. Jewish. He's cool. Okay. It's like, you know, so it was kind of funny because there were some Jews, like some some other Jewish uh, top professors who was like, we're not going to teach him. We're not going to yeah. read him. You some know, people F are just him. like that. People are fucking, that's like one of the My weird- thinking, and here's the thing, like my advisor wanted me specifically to address his th- those papers in my thesis. Gotcha. And I'm like... I don't think I have to because that's like I don't my that's not my topic. My okay. topic has nothing to do with that, those things. He's, like I'm writing about stuff that he wrote back when he was a professor, not when he was before he was a professor. Gotcha. Like how I can't really struggle with that, but yeah. I he insisted, so I wrote this whole long footnote. 
Okay. Um, basically, did you read the papers? Uh, to be honest, no. Yeah, I was wondering. I was no, no, no. I, I read, I read what other people have written about it, and I could get a sense of what he was saying. Okay. Like basically, um, we should get rid of like Jewish Jewish authors because they're they 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 are impure. They do not. Oh. Uh, He's uh, gone full fatherland. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That, those, that's just kind of a gist of what he was saying. Cool. Like we should yeah. get rid of Kafka because you know he he kind of pollutes the the, uh, yeah, the, the whole concept of what pure white European literature. This is the stuff that he was that 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 his name was attached to in these in these articles. It's weird that they never knew that he was like an author, like in his you know later in his life or whatever. So okay, so Paul, so you mean Paul whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what happened? No, no. But here's the thing. So this is the history because I wrote yeah. my thesis on this guy. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, so he, went, so he was, uh, so he's an up and coming, top like l- intellectual in Belgium. Gotcha. His uncle Henrik de Man was the secretary of labor for Belgium. Okay. A huge Nazi sympathizer too. Oh, gotcha. <clears throat> so when de Man graduates from from university, he his uncle gives him this top spot. You get to be editor in chief of Gotcha. Of, oh, okay. So of the, the top two newspapers in in the in the country. In this fucking country. Jesus. Okay, so here's the th- and here's the thing. Nazi occupied. Paul Demont has a family. Mm-hmm. He has a couple of kids with a family. Mm. Okay. I and, gotcha. And here's the thing, like he's editor in chief. What are you going to do? You you keep your head down and fucking Here's get the through thing. the goddamn Nazi. Nazis occupation. are like, we need you to write this stuff. You are very influential editor in chief of these magazines. We need you to write these articles. Yeah. What it's are you a, gonna do? Yeah. What would you do? No, no. You're in your position. You're married. Nazis would say, you do this, or we will find someone else. Well, let's what see. What are you going to do? <laughs> I would start by because somehow my nepotism got me all the way this fucking high. I would basically, I would, i tell you what I'd do. Your uncle is a Nazi sympathizer, by the way, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, I'd work on, I'd I'd get my wife and all my bullshit together and just start gunning for whatever fucking exit door that was out of the country. You're going to Switzerland? I'm going to America. I'm going as far fucking away as I can get the fuck out of there, okay? Because what I'm about to do is going to piss off the Nazi dude. You know what what I'm saying? What would you do? Just get the fuck out. You just just take the the fam bam and goodbye and you can deal with this fucking paper. Because look, I'm I'm halfway educated. I got a family. We can make at least, especially in America. But if you make it You're in Nazi-occupied Belgium. You think they're going to let you go to America? Fuck it, go to Switzerland. Go to go. You would go. You rather like okay. So he eventually does go to Switzerland, but after yeah. the war. Well, there he you pens go. these articles. Okay, he pens these. Pens these. My thinking is, okay, the Nazis keeps his head down. The Nazis are like, you do this now. You want to leave? We make sure your family does not leave with you. You go alone. Your family is gone. We will kill your wife and your kids. I get that. Now here's the thing. Like, the Nazis put a gun to your head. Yeah. And here's the thing. You're in like early forties. Europe, where the Nazis, you have the thinking that Nazis are going to win this war. Yeah. Okay. At the in the forties, early forties, they were winning. They were winning. Yeah. Okay. I was reading the Wikipedia entry in Dunkirk. Man, if they had not okay. stopped, Dunkirk is a loss. You, that, that's an allied loss. You know how much of that shit like went <laughs> sh- would have gone so much like one way if yes. it weren't for this and that. Technically, if the Germans hadn't stopped Dunkirk. It would have been over. That yeah. been, and you, technically, it's Great a Britain would have surrendered. Yes. Think about that. Britain would have surrendered. Yeah. Okay? But So here's the thing. In 1940, 1939, 1940, if you were in Europe, 
occupied by the Nazis, you're thinking the United States... The you're United hedging States, your bets. The United States hadn't even entered the war. Nope. Most of the time, you people were thinking... You got two more years. Two more years. Most of the time, people were thinking the U.S., they're just sitting on their ass. Collecting money. Just collecting money. Okay? <laughs> what hope do you think the U.S. is going to do? I could do okay? yeah. I'm thinking... Well, you know they're not going pro-German. My uncle got me this job. I've gotten this far with the job. The Nazis are threatening to kill my family. Yeah, I and get it. And my uncle... Hey, here's the thing. And they say, hey, your uncle got you this job. Yeah. What do you think we'll do to your uncle if you don't live up to his expectations? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you have all this burden. Are you going to be a coward? Like, I'm not saying it's a cowardly thing. You're doing, in your way, it's the morally correct thing. Because you would rather, I would rather have my name not on that. I'd rather refuse to have that. Yeah. Okay? Well, if I could get my family out, you know what I mean? There's got to be some clandestine way because plenty of people got the fuck out. Now, here's the thing. There are rumors. There are reports. Later on, close friends of Demond later on after yeah. these papers came out who said yeah he wrote those papers he was also a, he was also a member of the of the resistance in Belgium oh there you go people say he was a member of the resistance there you go i could see that yeah i mean there's a, there's a million a ways front. to find that your would usefulness. be a, that would be a worthy friend absolutely like absolutely you, but here's the thing like is <laughs> 20 years after the fact now you're the you thing. got this fucking laundry like, you, list you have of pro nazi shit that you've you have, written yeah <laughs> now is, is it to say that he is, is it's not to say that in any of his papers he would have insisted on the, uh, the 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 killing the mass murder of jews now it can be interpreted that he was like we should remove the jewish element from literature yeah which is basically, he's just, he's just, you know, giving the wink That's and the, the nod like, to. Yeah. Now, well, a, like, if so, we, hey, if while we're eliminating shit. <laughs> that's that's the philosophical argument so and the thing is that one of his great colleagues Jacques Derrida who was yeah. an Algerian Jew oh, Jesus. Who, who wrote who wrote this whole I mean most of the stuff that I that I understand comes from from reading reading his essay okay he's like you have to see things in this context I get of the context. being in Nazi occupied Belgium in 1940s like World War II like Okay, if that. we are now in, in democratic America, yes, we have the right to say it however we want and <laughs> rail against the government about what happened. Yeah. But uh, speak no. again if you are in 1940s Nazi-occupied Belgium. Yeah. You would think differently. And if the Nazis had a gun to your head, a gun to your family's heads, yeah. to your everyone in your family, yeah. you might think differently about, yes. like, okay, you know what? Exactly. I'll... Okay, I'll type I'll, your bullshit. Everybody's anti-Semitic nowadays, okay? It, it's, yeah. I mean... I know that's a slippery slope. You think? And I'm tr- I'm not trying to say I defend what he said, yeah. but hey, look at the circumstances. I'm with you. I get it. It's like I hey, get dude, it. Somebody's got a gun to your head. Be like, right? Just put your name on it, and you're. This alive. is why torture doesn't work. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly, anybody right? will write exactly. anything. <laughs> now, we, we'll take a break in a few minutes, but okay. so going ahead in this history. So after World War II ends, he moves to Zurich to to Switzerland, okay. and eventually he makes it to America. And so, there's people are asking after these papers came up, like, why were these papers ever brought up in interviews? Got, well, yeah, got it. Like he was, he was. He this was, is what I was wondering he was a about. Professor at Johns Hopkins. Yeah, he was. He was interviewed at Harvard. He eventually went to Yale. It's a northeasterner. So some people say, like, okay, there was a Harvard interview. I like, did you mention, like, didn't the Harvard guy, like, mention this, like, oh. Yeah, that's way, why I asked like, did, Didn't this ever fucking come up? Then you were like, I, apparently you wrote oh, these man. articles. I, like, you know what? I No, I take that back. Because yeah, a, yeah. a lot of fucking 
especially America, was taking a lot of ex-Nazis oh, sure. for a po- hell of a lot of positions, oh, especially sure. in the Operation sciences and, and philosophy and paper shit. Clip? Yeah, yeah I, so never mind. I well, know I mean, exactly he wasn't why German. they... He wasn't German, but he was Belgian, but he spoke, and he, he was fluent in German and French, so, you know, yeah. He's the, a Nazi sympathizer. We took a lot of fucking Nazis, is all I'm saying, after the war, so I, I'm not... I'm not now I get it now. I get Ferre it. von Braun. And he was already a fucking high-grade to-do in his own fucking country. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing sticking in my yeah, head right now is still I don't understand why fucking Chinese truckers works on uh, lines. A, yeah. And not the fucking roads. Oh, by the way, one more thing. One more thing. Yeah. Now, Polemon was not the best guy ever. He left his family. He, he left his first family, moved to America, started a second family. And with that, we'll take a break. So did Charles Corolla. Don't give me bananas, potatoes, and yam at the same time. Believe me, there is something wrong with the system. Oh yes, definitely. We need a change to come. A new order. Cultural, political, economic, whatever. A new order. Something to make us feel free to eat our banana and dance on a new track. Oh yes, a new track. That's what we need. New track. New track. Sizana. Sizana, c'est ma femme. C'est ma femme puisque nous sommes mariés depuis plus de 17 ans maintenant.
Elle était très gentille auparavant. Je lui disais, Susanna, donne-moi de l'eau. Et elle m'apportait de l'eau à boire. De l'eau claire, hein? Très bonne. Je lui disais, Suzanne a fait ceci et elle faisait. Fais cela et elle obéissait. Et moi, j'étais content. Je regardais tout ça avec bonheur. Ah, je te dis que Suzanne a été une très bonne épouse auparavant. Hein. Seulement depuis quelques jours, les gens-là, ils ont apporté ici la condition féminine. Il paraît que là-bas chez eux, ils ont installé une femme dans un bureau pour qu'elle donne des ordres aux hommes. Aïe, tu m'entends des choses pareilles Et depuis, toutes les femmes de notre pays parlent de la condition féminine. Maintenant, je dis à Susanna, donne-moi de l'eau. Elle répond seulement que la condition féminine, euh, il faut que j'aille chercher l'eau moi-même. Je lui dis, Susanna, donne-moi à manger, j'ai faim. Elle ne m'écoute même pas, hein? elle me parle seulement de la condition féminine. Bref, il faut te dire que ma condition masculine est devenue très malheureuse ici. Alors j'ai dit à Susanna, écoute, moi je ne connais qu'une seule condition féminine. La femme obéit à son mari, elle lui fait à manger, elle lui fait des enfants, voilà tout. Tu sais que Susanna s'est fâchée. Elle est venue me parler à haute voix, comme si elle était un homme. Moi je l'ai battue, hein elle a crié pour appeler tout le village. Moi, je lui dis seulement, ne crie pas, ne crie pas. Hein. Tu me parles toujours de la condition féminine. Alors moi aussi, je vais te montrer la condition masculine aujourd'hui. La condition féminine, tous les jours, tous les jours, tu me dis la condition féminine. Moi, je te donne seulement la condition masculine. Hé, hey, dis donc, la condition féminine, est-ce que c'est même plus grand que la condition masculine America, but now we're talking about we're talking about ice. Oh, we're talking about Paul Limon, and apparently he had a second family. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, he began. He, he, then he got into Johns Hopkins, and then got into Yale. What was interesting. Okay, so my, the the central part of my thesis was he and this Roland Bart guy. These two guys basically lived in around the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were born within like three years of each other, died within four years of each other. Gotcha. Okay. So, and they were literary critics. They, they, 
basically uh, worked in the same time, worked with the same. They both did French literature, all okay. this stuff. They both immigrated. Well, Bar- like my fucking brothers. France, but <laughs> it's like what my brothers did. Just did but the my same thinking thing. was, it's it's not unlikely that Roland Bout read a lot of these articles that Paul Dumont had written in the thir- late 30s, early 40s. I'm sure. You, they were, that's what they were doing back in the day. Like yes. people, we read each other's articles. <laughs> yes. And the funny thing is, these are two giants of literature at the time, the 70s and 80s, when everybody read their stuff. Yeah. There is hardly anything that they ever read, reviewed on each other. I bet. They would read. They, they used to read everybody. <laughs> There's almost nothing that these two ever read about each other. They yeah. never wrote about each other. Yeah. Maybe I my thing. I ended up reading. There's one article that he wrote that Polymon wrote about about. Only one in the history that they, they they were basically say, um, it's like saying two two people who, uh, like who's a contemporary of Scorsese. <laughs> George Lucas. Okay, so basically, it's almost as if George Lucas and Scorsese never said anything about each other. Yeah. It's weird. It would be weird, right? It would be weird. Absolutely, like it would be they, really weird. Like they, they would have watched each other's films, probably like <laughs> yeah. try to copy the yeah. techniques. But in any interview, they would never have mentioned any anything about the other. Yeah, that like, would be really weird. Any any interview, any book that it was like never a, a single mention of that other person. Yeah, that that it's, he's yelling by omission. <laughs> and both of them did this. Both of them like they never wrote anything about each other. Yeah. Okay. The only instance, real instance, was um, in 1968, 1967. So there's this big conference. Okay. Big conference in Johns Hopkins where all the European, all the Americans invite all the Europeans about what the heck is going on and the, okay. and the new stuff going on. Um, Bart is one of the present guest presenters. He makes this big lecture, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's really, it's really well done, and really, it's really kind of. You um, basically uses a lot of puns. Okay. Okay. He kind of puns on things. Great. And then Paul Demont is like one of the guys. Paul Demont makes the first comment. Okay. On this presentation, stands up and says basically, in 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 so many words, I think you're shit. I think you're full of shit. There you go. In so many words. He doesn't say that, but basically spends like five minutes basically saying, everything Everything you you have said is garbage. garbage. (laughs) It's disingenuous. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like, supposed to be all all about play and all this bullshit. And Roland Bard is like, yeah, exactly. That's... I remember because what happened was my, my one of my advisors, he's like, oh, yeah, I had a friend there at that conference. Yeah. And the tension at that moment was so thick. It's like these two literary giants who, like, hate each other's guts. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm writing my thesis on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I guess a better one would be, like, a Gore Vidal and, like, um, Norman Mailer. Something Basically, like that. Yeah. Where those two, if those two fuckers never talked about each other, because Martin Scorsese or not? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like using two contemporaries yeah. who would know each other's work. Yeah. Like, like say if Spielberg and Lucas had never worked with each other, right? Yeah. Like they've worked with each other. Like what American Graffiti was he? In Indiana American, Jones. Indiana Jones. Like if they had never worked with each other and yeah. they never spoke to each other, yeah. never talked about yeah. each other. That's what. That's be what, like, that's what, what made the Coppola thing about? weird because he actually like helped fund their shit. Yeah. But yeah, Gore yeah. Vidal and, and Norman Mailer had not. Or uh, Gore Vidal and uh, uh, William F. Buckley 
had, Gorm- you know what oh, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. would have you know diametrically opposed <laughs> views on. But shit. here's the thing: they would, you would, I, I would suppose that Vidal and Buckley would have written about each other. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying them. that's yeah, why it would have exactly. been weird if they hadn't. If the, yeah, it would have been so weird because you'd been like they have so diametrically opposed views and they're such giants in terms of like in terms of influence. Like why? That's what puzzled me. Yeah, that's what basically puzzled me. Like why? Well, did now these you two know guys why do? when he did the shit at the conference. <laughs> and that's true, isn't it? Yes. He kind of he, he has well, nothing he, to he say later about wrote him. that article. Like the article I told you that he wrote about was like in the eighties, like, yeah. towards the end of his life. And I think he was a little bit more conciliatory. Um, yeah. He was more of a accepting, like, yeah, yeah, I kind of get what he's saying now. But yeah, back in in the, in the late sixties, oh, oh yeah, this is like yeah. no, this yeah. is bullshit. And so like, but um, to bring it kind of back to um, sure, 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 we were kind of going on and on and on about sorted life he did though. Yeah. Well, hey. Look, you're a professor at college, yeah. <laughs> well, that you know, that back then professors and shit were more interesting anyway. Everybody was a bit more interesting to me, yeah. but because you know, they, there was more. See, and that's bullshit. I I say this and I fucking half mean it. It's like you know, people did more or whatever the fuck back then. No, they didn't. They probably do more now. There's just more. It's it's just different shit. You know, it's just a different way of handling things. Yeah, yeah. It's still the same old. It's still the same old stuff. Yeah, yeah, just kind of bowed up differently. Oh, well, I think I think ultimately what 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 the idea was with Roland Bout, well, he responded basically his response was, yeah, I know, I know that I'm full of shit, but at least I'm willing to admit it. Gotcha. It's almost a sense like, yeah, I'm I'm you're gonna call me out on my bullshit. Like I'm not gonna call you out on what on all the bullshit that you did. Yeah. But when you say that I'm bullshit, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for. I get it. Like and, yeah. It's almost like I'm Teflon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also it's part of why I don't ugh, like. I get like I kind of like philosophers, and at the same time, it's just like ugh, because like um. But it, that was always my interest is like with the complexities of these of these individuals, like Martin Heidegger, who's a card carrying Nazi. Like, how do you admire the poetry of a of a Jew of a Jewish poet, or how does a Jewish poet admire his philosophy? Like, well, because it's it seems so sound and sound. That's can you a, go beyond that? Those political, yeah, politics. Because if some, you know, some things are fact, and fact is fact is fact. At the end of the day, no matter how anybody wants to spin shit, shit kind of is what it is. And um, if somebody like touches you in a particular way somehow through fucking poetry or yeah. whatever the fuck, yeah. like you make a connection personally with that person and now you're invested in their bullshit now you know suddenly so like now you're Mm -hmm, wrapped mm -hmm. up it's almost take it back even further it's kind of like the theory of like loss aversion in in games Mm -hmm. when people play games like nine times out of ten people would rather let me make sure i say this right people would rather not get something than lose something that they already had. Yeah, they're more likely to they, they want they, they they're more likely to remember losses than they remember gains and they're more likely to choose a go with a decision that would minimize their loss rather than maximize their gain. There you go. Yeah. Loss aversion. Yeah. So like I can see that being part of the thing that ties you to a personal investment in something. Sure, you know sure. What I You've mean? already so invested in it. You already have skin in the game. Yeah. yeah. So if you're attached to this like poet and stuff, it's almost it's almost seems like an offshoot of like loss aversion to suddenly just disregard the things that you found special because of like this new information. But you know? I, it's there's almost, also it's the almost sense past I think, common sense. I think there's also the hope that um, having that. That um, that admiration of that that the poet 
would somehow change your views. Well, yeah. Well, it depends on, you know, it depends on, god damn, see, it's always so, so difficult because, like, it depends on the view you want changed sure. or if you want it changed or if you were expecting it to change or... Like, it's like, let's say, like, uh, as <clears throat> somebody who's read a lot of of legal cases and case law, yeah. like, I, I, I don't like Justice Scalia's... No. Um, Oh, um, sorry. His his. I no, that no, was no. It. I don't like his. I don't like his. I like his his candidness. I'm I like sure. the oh, way yeah. that he writes. I don't like what he writes. Gotcha. I think that's how it kind of sort of is. You can respect. I can the, always respect somebody you can respect, who's coming in hot. Yeah. Uh, you can respect what Machiavelli says. Mm-hmm. He's a smart guy. He kind of knows human behavior. Yeah. You may not necessarily agree with how yeah, he yeah. wants to <laughs> manage human resource. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but it makes sense. Yeah, sometimes if you just tap into something that seems to be fundamentally true about a thing or a person or something like that, and it rings something in them, then, you know, I could see people having, like, a lost version to, like, having that shit go away from them. And mm. as if it's mm. being stolen from them, a thing that's not even yours. Mm. <laughs> you know? I think, yeah, I think there's a certain kind of, um, well, I think the complexity is you kind of want to... It, how I guess the question of how it is that you can have that kind of a paradox, yeah. or you can be a card carrying Nazi and you can still enjoy the poetry of uh, Jewish poetry, you know? Can you Especially do that? If you're can, in the position of power, you can enjoy whatever the fuck you want. It's true. He was like the top philosophy guy in the world yeah. at the time. Yeah, um, and he's in a position of power, being a Nazi. But was actually occupied Germany. I mean, well, let's just face it. He didn't become top professor, top philosophy guy in Germany for nothing. Yeah, not just that, but like, look, you could be the fucking head of, I don't know, Exxon Mobil and love uh, George Carlin. Sure, <laughs> but, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I understand? It's kind of like, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, yeah, you can enjoy whatever you want, but then but we were all, how does this that is what get? we're talking about beforehand. We're talking about, like, do, would you watch, do you still watch Bill Cosby? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. said, I don't mind, like, I've seen the fucking specials a million times growing up, so I don't really give a yeah. shit about that. Yeah. But if you're asking me, like, if an episode of The Cosby Show was on TV, would I change the channel? Uh, not really. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, like all the goddamn supporting characters. Yeah, I like I'll, Rudy. I like the I'll wife. Watch, I'll watch The Naked Gun. There's nothing wrong with watching O.J. Simpson as Nordberg. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that's for funny. Sure. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. look, you, you, t- can, t- you, you t- can't watch Bullet no more, right? Because Robert Stack fucking murdered his wife. You can't listen to the goddamn can't Ramones can't or you can't listen to any you 50s watch, you can't music. You can't watch Austin Powers because of Robert Wagner. Like, yeah, or yeah. how about uh, you can't listen to any Ramones or any 50s fucking girl groups. You can't watch films. Or what's it? Uh, Phil Spector, any of yeah, his exactly. music out. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Well, I mean, he did kind of overdo it with "Let It Be." I'm just saying. <laughs> he did overdo it. With Let he overdid it, be. it with fucking River D Mountain High. He overdid it on everything. That's what he does. <laughs> Wall of sound. I don't want to even hear the artist. It's just my production. Yeah, yeah, he's weird. So, but sometimes, you know, you know, what's funny is that sometimes, um, and maybe I'm just not being, maybe I'm just being pop culture illiterate. Hmm. I just see pictures of him and Andy Warhol, and I get the two confused. Yeah. I totally forgot. They both have that kind of like crazy white hair going thing going on. I totally forgot who we were talking about at first. I just. Oh yeah, I got you. That makes sense. I can see that. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just like late era. Wow. Late era fucking Phil Spector looks a lot more like. um, than uh, like Andy Warhol ish. Well, you know? I, I don't think Andy Warhol was able to get that kind of level of, of, of conditioning. No, yeah, no. No, he did have that kind of like mop top sort of thing. Like, I, 
I don't know, kind of like Jim Jarmusch or something with that fucking big hair. What is with that hair, though? Well, like, that thing, yeah, that's... That's art, son. This looks like a, like a rain or something coming down. It's like icicles or something. Like, shit. fuck the comb over. It's all wigs. This. This is Phil Spector. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, when he got that big old afro. Yeah, and suddenly yeah. I think to myself, that looks like Marsha Clark. That looks like somebody who murdered somebody. That looks like Marsha Clark, the lead prosecutor in yeah. the O.J. Simpson case. It looks like a guy You who... should look up Phil Spector and then Marsha Clark. Mm-hmm. I lived through them both. I've seen them quite enough. <laughs> that hair is fantastic, though. There's a famous, um, sort of famous story about Phil bringing a gun into the goddamn Ramones recording session for no particular reason. <laughs> He's just a fucking crazy person. He oh, kind of reminds me of Kim somebody? Fowler. Phil, Phil Spector killed somebody. Yes, that's why I said. Oh that's why he brought him up. <laughs> you brought up OJ. I just kind of tagged it with fucking Robert Blake and Phil Spector. Yeah. Who else? Oh, what's the guy who changed it to the lady? <laughs> Ken, Caitlyn Jenner. He killed somebody with his car. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Yeah. So can you not buy Wheaties anymore? You know, it's such a dumb, it's a dumb stance to take. It's an immature stance to take. It's it's so American that way, of like, just like if I don't like it, then get it away from me. As if that solves anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, I think it's no, well. You could see that a lot on social media nowadays, where people are very unwilling to enter into discourse. Other. Well, they're all, sometimes they either yell over each other or they're willing to, not willing to enter into discourse. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to disagree with your point. If I disagree, I'm just going to like mute you or block you, yeah. and I'm not going to like try to see your other side or try to like. <laughs> That's what that guy you were talking about was doing with the other guy. That's what a mature person kind of does. They don't make write letters to the editor. They ignore his ass for forty, the better part of forty years or whatever, yeah. and don't bring him up because he doesn't deserve your fucking your time or energy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But <clears throat> that's not Batman. <laughs> Batman has okay, to so go okay. in and fucking murder the dude. Now, now here's the thing: like, I'm not saying that I admire Batman. I could, if you look at it, yeah, he's a vigilante. He's out for his own personal agenda, and mm-hmm. you know, he he says, you know. Cause he he's, he's in WA. He's his F the police. Like they're not gonna do anything. I gotta take care of my shit on my own. But like, but then you can say, well, the the Gotham PD they can't really do all of it. I mean, how many supervillains out there are out there in Gotham? Too many. There's too many. There's only one guy that can do it. Supposedly. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have so many supervillains, and they're like. Look, if they wanted to fucking really control the problem, that's, that's you what's just, crazy. That's yeah. what I, that's what's unbelievable. How does this guy happen to have all these supervillains, and they happen like they, they live in like Manhattan? <laughs> how do they seem to escape from this Arkham Asylum all the time? Yes. This has got to be the worst freaking prison system ever. How about just the worst city to? Why live do they in have ever? this? Like you would yeah, think look, that you would think that after how many times that these guys have 75 escaped? Five years. <laughs> <laughs> that they should have at least tried to actually put some more you funds into... How would into you put a fucking S in the sky proposition and try to shine it to goddamn Smallville pro- or whatever? Proposition A <laughs> for, Gotham City, for the Gotham, Gotham City general election, how about like improving the prison system? <laughs> 
How about increasing the security in that area? <laughs> you, if you we really, have these supervillains really and we put to... him into a place where it's like minimum security. Look, if he wanted a hard line, if you wanted to really hard line these fuckers, this right? Is like, if like... you really wanted to be done with it, you'd walk your ass over to the Daily Planet. <laughs> you'd find Clark Kent and be like, I don't know how you that guy not looks very familiar. All this g- violence in Gotham City for the last. Hundred years, but there's a whole other but- <laughs> different city. There's a whole other different city, man. Yeah, yeah. Metropolis yeah. and Gotham City to different cities. Yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. That'd be like me going to L.A. or something, right? That's just bananas. <laughs> so and man, then what happens is that there's Metropolis galaxy. villains, right? Isn't there Metropolis <laughs> villains? It'd be like, hey, there's Smallville. <laughs> Smallville. It's a dumb name, but like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If they really wanted to handle it, they just call in the fucking suits because they know each other. He could just go in and just... That's why he's different. He doesn't just go in and pop all the heads off of these things as if they're just a bunch of fucking uh, dandelions, which he could. He could yeah. just pop the joke and up like a dandelion. No, but he's got ethics. Yeah. He's got rules. That's the difference. And I, I, I there's something I admire about that and as I get a little older. <laughs> I I enjoy that. Like I used to just be like, "Yeah, it's goody two shoes." Well, I was like, well, that's what the fuck's wrong with being a goody two shoes? No, of course. It's, it's, it's <laughs> what's what Uncle Ben tells uh, tells uh, Spider Spidey, right? Like yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. 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 Anyway, what well, well, we got? We still got. What do we got? Yeah. Yeah. We got like clock. yeah, two hours. What is this? <laughs> no. We got like half an hour. Yeah. yeah. Like no. Oh. <laughs> So 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 on? nowadays you're more like wait so you were you ever a Batman fan? Yeah, for sure. Like I was coming up right when that damn movie was coming out, the '89 Batman, and I was a big fan of Michael Keaton and all that stuff because I've always been a comedy fan from beforehand, and I lined up with everybody else, and it's so weird. But I remember seeing it. What was the best incarnation? Who's the best actor that played it? I guess Christian Bale. Would you say Christian Bale or Michael Keaton? I've only seen of the Christian Bale. I've seen, only seen the second one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, here's the thing: there's not a lot what, what to can, do yeah, in the role. Exactly, that's what I'm like, saying. I was gonna, if I, I had to that. pick yeah, a yeah. better one, I would probably pick honestly Michael Keaton because Michael Keaton, he's yeah. doing more with the. He has a dynamic kind of fun to him. Yeah, that that isn't in the uh, yeah, the other version. That's true. It's He's all not... brooding. Whereas, yeah, yeah. It started a... with Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer made it more brooding. Yeah, and just boom, 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 boom. But you know, <laughs> George Clooney. Wait, wait, wait. Can we say anything at all about the George Clooney Batman's? <laughs> like what? <laughs> it it it's a uh, it. I remember seeing it in it the is theaters. What it is. Yes, yeah, and it just. I remember it had a big floppy wing on the car, and it was like, well, okay, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. The ice puns that won't quit. Freezing hell, just, Batman. It's the worst. But anyway. I still remember it because it was that bad. I remember like listening yeah. to that. I'm like, that is horrific. It's hor- horrifying. That too. Is horrifying. It's horrifying. I'm well, like, when you decided to, if you, to- yeah, if you decided, yeah, my thinking is like, if you decided to go into a life of crime, oh. did you think to yourself that that was going to be one of the lines you would actually want to use? Oh jeez, I was like, thinking, if I've waited in the rain over waited to Joel my, Schumacher. I've waited my whole life given up on this thing. Like your Victor Freeze, I've waited my whole life to say this line to you. Pat. Oh yeah, yeah. No, what's <laughs> <laughs> it, Mister Freeze or some bullshit? Freeze in hell. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Did they really like? I was thinking when Schwarzenegger read that line in a in a read through. Yeah, and it's like, 
Do you think that was the actual line that was used, or was that like improv? Oh, those were written. <laughs> those, all those shit lines, those were so written. And the saddest part is like, oh, I mean, all it's just a big, just money grab. Nobody, nobody cared about anything. They just wanted to see how much money they could pile up in front of them. And, and I forgot who was who was the other who was the other villain in that in that one was that with uh, Tommy Lee Jones? Was it Tommy no, Jones? That, that was the, the other one was. Uh, the Riddler and Two Face. That was a time. Oh yeah, Jones yeah, one. that was it. Um, it was. Oh, I don't Bane know. Poison is Ivy. in it. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy and Bane right. is in it. No, no, no. Bane was. Bane okay, was. It. He was. He was <laughs> You've seen it. Damn it! It was. <laughs> the the other version of Bane. Yeah, yeah, Tom Hardy. He's gonna play Venom. Oh, and had Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. Yeah, that was the best part of that movie. It was. It really that was. Is definitely not saying. It really much. was. <laughs> God. God bless Alicia Silverstone. 90s version of Lisa Silverstone. I think that's she the only was, thing I've ever dude, seen Alicia her in. Lisa Silverstone was. Uh, she's still freaking gorgeous. She I, still I looks think gorgeous. She's only in. Well, you ever I, seen her Clueless? Nope. Never was interested. It's like, how dare totally. you? How dare I'm you? Good. I don't know. Don't worry about the lines. It's actually, it was really well. It was actually based on. It was a. It was an adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. Yeah. Okay. And she's gorgeous. Yeah, I know. I hear. <laughs> But I know she was in some other shit, and I was just trying to think of what else she was in. But like the crush, <laughs> I just remember being in a oh. bunch of bad. Oh no! Movies. Uh, like you're you're reminding me of like uh, going straight, to the video straight, store straight, straight, straight in video on TBS. <laughs> there you go, like Poison Ivy with Reese. Was it Reese Witherspoon or um or or, Bar- or like no no it was um Drew Barrymore. Uma Thurman looks like my sister. That's what's funny. I never Uma found Thurman. Uma Thurman attractive. I I mean I I I I, I I mean she's 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 like model esque, like tall and model esque sort of thing. Yeah. But she for me, nice I was feet. that was just never that was just I never that was just not my my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just always said. Well, she, she was just Ford modeling agency. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. That, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was just trying to. Can you find those Alicia Silverstone movies? I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of one. That's she was not in the, the music crush. video for "Crying" with Liv Tyler. That's where she was famous. Yes. From. There you go. Now I know. Okay. That's she it. was 16 in that movie. Oh. Yeah. Wow. It's gross. I know. That just makes it so so sad that I like that music video now. Yeah. It's so sad. And people talk shit about Roman Polanski. You guys are jerking off at home over this fucking. Lip. I didn't watch. I didn't jack off to that music video. I'm telling you, there are plenty of people who did. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm just saying, put it out there on the record. I did not check. Oh off well, that th- video. thank you, thank you, th- thank you, Senator. <laughs> I feel much better about myself after I revealed that. Yeah, I'm so glad you did. Well, now that Me I realize too. that says that she was 16 when she made that music video. Yeah, like with him, with her dyke. Nothing about Steven, Steven Tyler's daughter. Steven Tyler. <laughs> what is wrong with you, dude? He's got that Ivanka fucking. He's got that Donald Ivanka relationship. <laughs> <laughs> he's crying all my the. Daughter, he's crying sister, in the orange jumpsuit. Sister, That's what's daughter. gonna happen, man. <laughs> Just gross. And with with your daughter's friend too. That's like that's like American Beauty. Like that, that music Another video. That music watched. video is is American Beauty encapsulated. <laughs> just, that's really what it is. They did it early. <laughs> you didn't know. We didn't. We were revealing it. We were showing it to you folks. It's really what happened. That's why the writers of American Beauty they was, saw the music video version of, it. and they're like, we can do a movie about that. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need Steven Tyler. We'll get what. 
Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey's much better in that role. I would assume so. Than Steven Tyler. Not, not, as an, not being an actor. You guys get the fucking guy from Aerosmith. Although, although here's the thing. Um, notwithstanding that they would have played high school, like, teenagers. Okay, so if they, like, because this is a terrible question. Or are you going down a slippery slope? At least Silverstone or Mina Suvari. I don't know who that is. Did you see American Beauty? No, I never seen that movie. Uh, why? I heard about it and I was like, I'm not interested. <laughs> it was one of those movies that was like really great. Everybody's on. It's about. I know, like all freaking I know, Casablanca. All I know about that movie is like Kevin Spacey plays like a fucking weirdo. Directed by Sam Mendes. Yeah, who like wanted to like jerk off over his daughter's friend or Cause, something. Because he's like freaking Cause he's like depressed at home. Exactly. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He, I'm so good on that story. <laughs> mental break, like he just breaks down. Like I don't, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. Like uh, I'll tell you, the 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 movie I saw that left just a horrible taste in my mouth, and like kind of kept me off of all those movies. I watched like I I wouldn't watch anything, but I watched Happiness by like Todd Solondz in the theater. Solondz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was like I'm done. <laughs> watching Seymour Hoffman like jerk off and shit like in the camera basically I'm like I'm good I'm good I'm done I don't mm. need this shit mm. I'm not paying money to see this mm. like I like Welcome to the Dollhouse that was okay but his follow up was just a little eh. mm. for my money mm. right cause I, I don't need that kind of bullshit to like feel alive or whatever fuck you know whatever people thrills people get out of that bullshit it's like I'm good Ew, that's gross. And it's like, I don't know, I'm not six. <laughs> me, you know, telling me stories about, you know, whatever, bodily fluid bullshit is not impressive. <laughs> or particularly interesting. What are we talking, what movie are we talking about now? Some about Happiness by Todd oh. Solons. Man. I was still, I was still reading about American Beauty. That's fine. Happiness <laughs> movie. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, no, I used to sell a lot of the soundtrack at the record store. Wait, what was it? Wait, what, what? Wow, there's a lot of movies named Happiness. Who? There's a lot of movies with the title Happiness. Oh, well, it's the one from like 2003 or whatever. 2007? Maybe. Is a foreign movie? No. Nope. Uh, there's a 1998 movie. That's it. Filmed by Todd Solons. There it is. Ooh, okay. It's, people love it. I think it's a garbage movie. Do you think like I mean here's the thing like we when 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 reviews get when reviews get panned reviews like for example you make a campy stupid movie like suppose like Baywatch okay it's not meant to actually be like yes let's admire the acting no no it's, it's meant to be like movie. it's it's yes aimed at like fourteen year old boys exactly so do we how much how much um, credence should we put into like. I'm the way not, I would are you the kind of person who like I'm gonna check Rotten Tomatoes? Gonna check no, that? not me. No, because I I'll make the decision. Thank you very much. If yeah. I want to see something, sure. But like, um, I'll tell you what. Like, let's say a movie like Baywatch, right? Mm-hmm. If I was to review the damn thing, I wouldn't review it as like, I, I wouldn't just shit on it, you know, because that's too easy. What I would do, I would take the angle of like, in, after watching it, like how how are like the messages and themes in this movie? reflective of what's going on today why mm-hmm. did they make this and mm-hmm. stuff like that 
Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. instead of trying to shit on, well, you know, it's all tits and abs or whatever the fuck they want to mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. which look, if you didn't know that going in, you didn't see the fucking poster. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so sure, if anything sure. else, I would just I would kind of look at those things because you got to find something interesting in that movie, and I'm sure it's fairly funny. So you know, that's what I do. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> there's a certain type of fucking like douchebag especially uh, <laughs> that just like like um even A.L. Scott sometimes from the New York Times when he reviews a movie like I had heard like his Baywatch review was going to be kind of hype you know and it wasn't he just mm-hmm. kind of you know he's like hey, you know it is what it is it's a summer movie it's got some decent laughs and move the fuck on mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. unless you plan on making like a dissertation on this fucking thing <laughs> I don't see why, you know, it's like, it's like the other guy. Why bother even writing about it? You know, it's like, if yeah, you, if you got nothing no, to say about this No, but I think it's because shit. I think you just need to be put up, you, know, you just need copy. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a certain kind of push because it's going to be one of those movies that people are going to talk about. So yeah. even if it's against you your. You review the movie and you just yeah, say, yes, even if you don't like it, you're just going to have to write it. Yeah. It appeals to 14 year old boys. It's out the AMC 25. Good night. <laughs> he got if if nothing else, like I said, then you can say, well, it's odd that we keep going back to these strong men for no particular reason, as these wimpy, you know, savior types keep floating around him, and you know, why are we on the beach? All you know, you could probably yeah, go hundred same, ways same for old, the it's, bad guys. It's the same old, it's the same old story. Yeah, um, but yeah, th- that's kind of why I like like movies like Casablanca. Or, yeah, or I never got there's back a, there's this movie that my friend. Uh, 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 got me. He, he sent me a copy. Um, it's a it's a Japanese movie. Uh, Kimi no Nawa. Uh, your, it was released recent recently. Mm-hmm. Um, huge acclaim. It's like the number one grossest film in Japan Japanese history. Okay, wow. All right. So, um, and it it's it's a it's a total tearjerker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and and the plot line is it's it's derivative. It's a derivative plot line. It's basically it's like let's take this genre of Japanese anime and we'll put every freaking meme into it Oh, and we'll make it so epic that you know what's gonna happen and it's just gonna make your face just like you're excited for it okay yeah no no like like I'll watch it again and I'm like I know this is this terrible scene and I'm like damn it man why are you pulling in my heart oh wow yeah it's really it's actually really well done um but it's I like those movies where you where it takes up all these takes every freaking meme you can think of it, it <laughs> takes like oh yeah you know it's gonna happen but it's so well done yeah. that you have to appreciate that they can take that basic theme and still make it relatively it's still it's they're, still they're universal still themes yeah. for a reason yeah <laughs> you know that's kind of why they're it's in the name <laughs> yeah so uh, the name is uh your the the translation is your name Kimi no Nawa is a 2016 Japanese anime film uh, based on his novel, the same name. Um, it tells the story of a high school girl in rural Japan, a high school boy in Tokyo who swap bodies. Gotcha. So they wake up one day. They're I've heard of that. Bodies. I've heard of that. It premiered in the Anime Expo in LA in Japan in last year. It received critical acclaim. Uh, became the fourth highest grossing film of all time. Sorry. Fourth highest grossing film in Japan of all time. Um the seventh highest grossing traditional animated film and the highest grossing anime film worldwide. That makes sense. People like anime. 
it's it's a really well done story cool um yeah and it's and it's like i i had read the plot i had read this plot read this entry on wikipedia before i watched it i knew it was going to happen I told you. Still, it's still making a movie. I never, no, 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 no. I, it, I spoiled it for myself because I want to know what it was about, like but why I'm it was saying, so good. Yeah, you, you can't. The, that phrase isn't a fucking phrase. It doesn't. Make it any doesn't sense. really spoil it for me. No, it didn't really spoil. Like I knew what the plot was, but it's like even if you know what the plot is, you still want to see how it develops. Thank you. Yeah. That's the whole reason of telling a fucking story. You could just sit and tell the seven universal themes. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody yeah. can do that. <laughs> It's how you get this the interesting shit from A to B that actually makes a story worth listening to. If not, you could literally just what man versus man, man versus God, man versus animal, man versus himself. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can just do that and just say, "There you go, enjoy. Give give me six bucks or whatever the fuck." You know what I'm saying? You just yeah. Sometimes <laughs> here's the thing: like sometimes you want to go watch a movie and you don't want to really think. Yeah, you just want to go too. like yeah, yeah. I just want to watch a, like a popcorn movie, just like yeah, yeah, for two hours, just. Yeah. That if I was to go see Wonder Woman, that's what I would do. That's what I would imagine. I would expect uh, to go. And I mean, get. I, I I I just don't read those articles about the hype. Like, oh, we're gonna boycott Wonder Woman, or was Wonder Woman not? Like, no, it was Ghostbusters. Is that, is that who you're no, I thought about? I thought Wonder Woman people were like messed up because of the t- of the the film, like because um, Syria or some some other Middle Eastern country was gonna boycott it because Gal Gadot was Jewish. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, who cares? What? Like you're really worried Why? about the Syrian dollar right now. <laughs> Gal Gadot is yeah, beautiful. Most ineffectual fucking protest ever. Gal she's Gadot. beautiful. Yeah, Gal yeah, Gadot. I, she's beautiful. She's in the uh, what's that? Um, Fast and Furious movies. I understand. Was she? Oh. That's what I understand. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I saw the fifth one in, in the. Oh, it's Giselle Yashar. Apparently, she was in the Fast and Furious franchise. There you go. Oh. Okay. She is the face of Gucci's bamboo perfume. Oh, that's where I knew her from. Oh yeah, she is. She's the face of a Gucci line. <laughs> she is the face of a Gucci line. When you say you're the face of a Gucci line, <laughs> hell yeah. Is that how they play Chinese checkers? Is that is that on what you put on her? Of a Gucci is that what you put? She wasn't puts on her business card. The backside is Gucci, and it was like. Well done, well played, ma'am. Well played. I haven't written, I haven't written in like one line. No, she has two of them. She has one as a Gucci in the back, and the other one she has like the Wonder Woman logo on the back. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> just doing like a, the little word puzzles, and you just make a line out of the word face. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man! That's your business card. Bam! Face of the Gucci. Line. Bam! <laughs> Bam! Oh god, that took entirely too long to get there. It made me too happy. I don't care. There you go. No worries. No worries. Yeah. What's this critical response? Oh, oh it received pro- relatively positive. Wow, ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. No, I, I've heard nothing but good things. Well, no, I, that's not true. I've heard some. I've heard good things. I've heard that, good that, things. That's and I've heard you got. Like no, 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 no. I mean, if it's if it's majority, like you can just say, yeah, I hear yeah, good yeah. things. Yeah. It's like it's like when people go to like um like the anime film. Like I'm not I've never been a big fan of anime, but I've heard good things. That's all I can tell that's, you. Uh, yeah, that's I'm all not you can shit say. on it. I that's all I'm, that's all yeah, you can't shit on it. You just say yeah, I hear good things. Yeah. Like country music. I hear good things. <laughs> hey, there are good things. I hear good things. <laughs> I'll play you some good things one of these days. <laughs> Is there a song? There's got to be a song, like a country song, that's named, things. that's titled Good Things. There it's has like to be a night. Like being a black man. I hear good things. I hear good things. 
Hey, that this is a good way of like. There's a very political statement. You know what? I, I really think Sean Spicer's got to use that at some point. He's got to use that at some point. He's got to be like, "What do you think about the crisis?" I hear good things. <laughs> what do you think about Sean Spicer? I hear good things. No, that is not. You can't use that. Hey, yes, you can. Take That's what he has to say. Like, what do you think about? What have you? What do you? What do you? Have you? So, what do you think about yourself, Mr. Spicer? I, I, I hear good. I things. hear good things. <laughs> there you go. That's the fucking joke you land on. What do you think about yourself? I hear this is. It was the greatest inauguration event of all time. Oh, biggest, most well attended. Most, most well attended. More hoes. <laughs> yeah, and all the women showed up the next day just to congratulate him. It was the best. <laughs> Get one pat on the you back. You guys, you guys are just seeing with too many eyes. That's what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, you're counting. You're counting. You're counting arms. And I think like okay, so Sean, Sean Spicer was like a communications director, like a PR guy. That's like his entire life. That's yeah. his career. And he is you gotta not think, good at you it. You got to think. No, no, no. I think he is. But you have to admit the, the, the having to having to PR the level of bullshit you have to be able to actually handle. Like it's almost like he's Olympian. He's like I I do this for a living. My entire career has been this, and now I have to play bullshit to this guy. Like I can't bullshit my way out of this. Like he is. That's it's, amazing. Yeah, he's like Donald Trump is like the. Can you even bullshit your way out of he's that? He's the world's strongest man. You of cannot. Of the, you can't like, bullshit him. It's like. Sean Spicer trying to do the world's strongest man. You know, he's you can't, his whole life for this. You can't, right? I mean, yeah. But that fourth ball just breaks him. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, no, no. Isn't that kind of interesting? Where it's like you, you, you want you. All you really wanted to do was be like the press secretary of the, of the, of the United White, States of the White House press secretary. Yeah. And then you suddenly realize Big. that your assignment, your president, is Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, like brutal. Unless you like the man and his policies. I'm sure he he kind of he's on board. I'm sure he's on board, but even you can only like you can only spin, you can only spin so many like plates. You get dizzy. You only can only spin so many plates on a stick. Okay, there's only so many plates you can. There's only, yeah. so, there's only Dude, that's what you think, but he keeps impressing you by putting one more plate up there. Do you think Donald Trump is like? I need you to say this. Yeah, that's generally how it works. Like I need you to say that it's. The, the biggest inauguration event yeah. of all time. Yeah. That's kind of, that's exactly how it works. And he goes out I there honestly and he fucking think, parrots the shit. But you know, you know what I'm really, I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that he actually, Donald Trump actually truly believes it. He does. Do you think he actually believes his own bullshit? Yeah. He's not smart enough no. not to. He's got to be smart enough to be no, like. No, he doesn't. I can, I think he just believes that he can get away with it. No. You believe that he actually believes the bullshit he says? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. That's beyond my can. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> oh, are we done? No. Basically, oh, yeah, we got like so. a minute left. Wow, really? Yeah. Like, that that blew my mind. Mini radio. That blows my mind way more. Yeah. Tune in next week. And we Mind-blowing will... stuff about, about Donald Trump. All right. Mini radio. Mini radio.
free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number four, AltaCalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast got I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. 
And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. I never. Oh, once again, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome. One and all. How exciting for me and all them listeners out in the cyberspace. We got some. Good comedy coming up. It's gonna be, it's gonna be real great. It's gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be top-notch, wonderful goodness. Uh, but before that happens, uh, as you know, I have to play some music. Uh, I'm thinking some Black Moth Super Rainbow. Black Moth Super Rainbow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it work. Oh, oh, oh! Well then, ha, I never. <laughs> oh. 